as it is written in Psalm 48, reading the whole psalm. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. In the city of our God, his holy mountain, it is beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole world. Like the utmost heights of Zion is Mount Zion, the city of the great king. God is in her citadels. He has shown himself to be her fortress. When the kings joined forces, when they advanced together, they saw her and were astonished. They fled in terror. Trembling seized them there, pain like that of a woman in labour. You destroyed them like ships of Tardish, shattered by an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God. God makes her secure forever. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Mount Zion rejoices. The villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Count her towers. Consider well her ramparts. View her citadels, that you may tell them to the next generation. For this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will be our God, even to the end. This is the word of the Lord. Um, to go through, I'm looking for a phone somewhere, um, to go through Psalm 48. So um, let's get into it and, um, and have a really quick look at this. Look at, I am sorry, but I'm going to not go through the whole psalm today um, because it's just a little bit um, too much to do in 10 minutes. So I'm going to pick out three I guess big themes are big things that you find in this psalm. It's a great psalm. Um, if you go to George and Shirley's um, Bible study, they sing a few songs every, every time at the start. And they use these books that I'm really familiar with because I'm really old. They're scriptures and songs and they're written back in the 80s or 70s or something. And there's a little short song, I don't know if you know it, that starts with the first two verses of this, of this psalm. Um, anybody know that one? Great is the Lord greatly to all oh, that one. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it to you right now. But I've been singing that literally all, all week. <laughs> greatly to be praised in the city of our God and the mountain of his holiness. But that's where it is. And this psalm starts with that. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. It's a song of praise to God the greatest. He saved Jerusalem. And the praise comes, this song comes from someone experiencing God's salvation. This city was destined for destruction. The city was going to be overrun and destroyed. Yet here they are, safe, and able to praise their Savior. He is above all and worthy of all praise. Look down there in verse 9. It picks it up again. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. They're safe. They're secure. They can go to the temple and have a time of meditation. 
This is God's love for them. Rest and a time of worship. God's unfailing love is shown through their safety. God's not only been active in Israel. Have a look at that verse. Your praise reaches even to the ends of the earth. He's been saving and restoring all of the earth. And he's been doing it everywhere. What is God doing? That means his praise is heard to the very ends of the earth. Have you thought about that? Because praise is centered on the activity of God. Not just a lot of emotions and a couple of people singing songs in a church. Praise is Praise comes from experience. There's some examples of how God's praise is experienced through all the earth. His spirit comes and lives in people and changes them from self-centered to Christ-centered. And that's a thing worthy of praise. There's times when he halts the power of evil and corrupt leaders and limits their influence. There's times when he brings peace so people can live safely and securely. That's worthy of praise to God. And there's times when he provides a way for refugees to return to their own lands to live in safety and security. And that's worthy of great praise. Have a look down at the bottom there, verse 14. He even ends in this. The song ends with that proclamation. He is our God. This God is our God forever and ever. We are under his rule. Nothing can separate us from being his people. The second really big thing in this, I don't know if you picked it up there in that first verse, but it is God lives with his people. God lives with mankind. This is not a song about a God who lives far away in heaven. We can't see him. We can't reach him. See what he says there in that first verse? In the city of our God, his holy mountain. God is in his city. <clears throat> the songwriter depicts God in Jerusalem, the center of his people, and the people and the Israelites. I love verse 3. Have a look at that one. God is in her citadels. He has shown himself to be her fortress. God's not in Jerusalem needing protection because of the city walls and the people in the city. God is the protection for the city. People get into cities because they look for protection. It's that whole herd mentality thing. We group together. We figure that. People on the outside are going to get got first. We're in the middle. We're, we're all right. God actually is the protection. He is the one saving the city. And down there again, the bottom in verse 14 at that last verse, what does he say about God? He will be our God, guide even to the end. If God is our guide, where is he? He's definitely not out there somewhere, is he? A guide needs to be in front of you. A guide needs to be close enough that you can follow them. The real, you know, the imagery here is the shepherd. You know, in, I guess they still do it over there, you know. 
and the sheep or the goats follow the shepherd. They actually see this person. That's how close he's describing his God. Isn't that a prophetic thing to say? Because it stretches, written two or 3,000 years before Jesus, all the way to Jesus. God come as a man, living with his people. How did John describe it? This is from 1 John 1, 1. This is that, that one of the last letters that John wrote. He said, that which was from the beginning, Jesus, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. That's profound, isn't it? John understood he had touched God. Have you ever thought of that? They touched a man. They, they held his hand. They patted him on the shoulder. They brushed up against him when he passed them a piece of fish. All that sort of thing. But yet in some deep way, they were touching God because God had come to live on earth with us, with man. As Jesus. But this psalm even stretches farther forward because it's prophetic even to the ends of the earth. When Jesus comes and lives in the new Jerusalem with his people, if you were here, do you remember back in Revelations 21 when we're going through those last few verses in Revelations? In Revelations 21, John wrote, He said, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. This is the hope we have, that complete oneness between Jesus and and his people. There's no separation then between God and man. It's literally the Garden of Eden restored. God and mankind live together. And this psalm is in a really small way pointing down towards that. The third theme I want to bring out, you find it in verse 8. I don't know if you saw it. I'm going to say it backwards every time because I can't quite get it, but I'm reading it here. As we have heard, so we have seen. It's not much of a sentence. It's profound. The songwriter is not depending upon historical events for his praise for God. He's not depending on what's happened to others for his praise. They have experienced it themselves. This is a song of praise from personal experience. They saw the enemy. They thought they were going to be destroyed. But they were saved. They're in the city and they saw God save his chosen people. In verse 8, as we have seen, as we have heard, So we have seen in the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure 
forever. That is his praise. We saw it happen. We know he is our God. We are now secure. Even that sentence there, God makes his city secure forever. That has a real prophetic resonance. When Jesus said that great thing to Peter, it's in Matthew sixteen eighteen. And out of this conversation with Peter, Jesus says to Peter, he says, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. That is a promise for us, isn't it? The church of God, the bride of Christ will not be overcome. And you can see how this writer of the Psalms, yeah, he was talking about Jerusalem at the time, but we do know historically Jerusalem did get destroyed twice at least in our known history. So it wasn't just about Jerusalem, that city in Israel, but he's talking about something bigger that is secure forever. The temple of God, the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, that will be there with him when the new Jerusalem comes. Have you seen the salvation of God? Can you praise him? Because you can say, as I have heard, so I have seen. That's where our praise comes from. Some examples. Have you, your family, been saved from following a path of self-destruction and are now on a journey with Jesus? I've got a mate, Les. He comes from Rocky up in Queensland. This is a few years ago, but he told me seven generations of his family, I'm not even going to know how many great-great-grandfathers that is, every single one of them left their wives and their families. Seven generations of this guy's family, the mothers and the grandmothers, brought up the kids. Every single generation was broken. And Les, his three brothers, his sister, Jesus found them. Jesus found them. And they're still continuing to be with their partners, to be families. And that's God's salvation to a family. God stepped in after seven generations and he saves them. And they know exactly what that means. Were you here? Were you around when South Africa brought an end to the apartheid system of race segregation in, their, in the early 1990s? That's God saving a country from self-destruction and civil war. He brought dignity and identity to a people who had none. Were you here in Australia when our own country finally gave citizenship respect and dignity to the first people of this country in the 1960s. That's God saving outcasts in their own country. Were you here in Griffith in the 1970s when a group of people led by Don McKay put a spotlight on the illegal drug and money trade centred around this town? 
That's God saving a community by restricting the evil deeds of the powerful. These are things that we can praise God for because we have seen him at work. Because that's where praise comes from. Praise God, for he is most worthy of praise. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will guide us even to the end. Let me pray. Lord, may our praise spring from our experience with you. And not just the experience of others. Because we know that you are active and ready to save, even today. In Jesus' name, amen.